And now for something completely different. Four, three, two, one. Hi. Welcome to the future. Remember, no guts, no galaxy. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 172. We are your hosts, Darren and Phil, and today is Wednesday, June 26, 2019. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Phil. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, uh, well, like uh, I think our guest is a little hot. You know, a little humid, a bit. Yeah. Other than that, you know, I'm doing good. You want to know what the weather is like here? You know, sunny and perfect. I'm going to tell you anyway. It is sunny and it's like sixty uh, yeah. something degrees. Uh, that's Fahrenheit uh, f- for our guest. But anyway, let's let's jump right into our guest since he's sitting here on screen and we don't uh, want to take up his time. And and I've been noticing you've been calling him like what the bearded wonder, the bearded beauty, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I, I was a little it's... bit jealous. It's hard to describe a sex icon like uh, his beard. <laughs> so you got to choose very carefully. I'm going to let him take all the, the bearded glory for this episode, no doubt about it. Um, I, as I was pointing out to him, not only does he not have to wear these freaking glasses, but he's got no gray in his beard. He is, uh, he is the focus of our attention today. So welcome, Baradul. How are you doing? Hey guys, it's good good to be here. Thank you. But Devin, let me let me say my beard might be longer, maybe, but yours more mass, more girth. <laughs> uh, we are talking about beards, guys. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah it is uh, great to have you here. Um, Phil and I did have the pleasure to see you at MetCon as well and meet you in person. Where you um, got me it's... sick? I just want to point that out. Yeah, I know. Patient. At one, one point, he was patient zero. Yeah. Um, the next year, I followed it up and I became patient zero, but. Uh, you know, we, we trade off on those duties. Um, and yes, I did just say duty. But uh, Baradul, he's been uh, part of this community for a very long time. Some of you may have known him previously as Molten Metal. We'll get into that in a little bit. But um, yeah, this is Baradul, and he goes by that on all platforms now, which are, uh, you can catch him on Twitch TV forward slash Baradul. You can also um, find him at Twitter at Baradul. And now at YouTube, Baradul. Yeah. It's no longer Molten Metal. Do you want to really just quickly tell us what happened there? What was happening there was, oh, that's, that's a quite a long story, but I try to be concise about it. Uh, when I first started the channel, uh, I was actually brought to Mac Warrior online um, because of my friends who were big Mac Warrior nerds. And uh, maybe we can talk about that later, but Good I didn't friends. play Battletech. Yeah. And um, so they were like, hey, there's this great Mac game and you really love it because you can customize everything. And uh, let's play that together. And we started a unit and every, you know everything that follows up after that and then started this YouTube channel. And I was thinking, hey, I'm going by Baradul with my gamertag like on every platform since I started video games, but I want this to make this a community project, so I need a more generic name. So I was thinking about, hmm, what about, what about like something catchy like Molten Metal, so that everybody can contribute, um, everybody could upload videos to that to that channel, and. A month later, my, my people dropped the game and I was the only one left, so I was still stuck with that name, although I was uh, called Baradul in-game. So there was that, a little bit of a confusion there. So what does, now Molten Metal is very appropriate, obviously, because that's what happens to basically uh, mech metal when it is uh, shot with lasers and so forth. That's um, described in the novels quite often, but what does the name Baradul come from? What does it mean? Is it, a, is it German for uh, something? What, what is Baradul? Actually, it doesn't really have a meaning. It was the name of my first pen and paper roleplay character, and I nice. just made it up when I was like 13 or so. 
So I just put some syllables uh, next to each other and I was like, okay, that's gonna be a nice name for a mage, I guess it was back then. <laughs> but yeah, and it kind of stuck. I don't know. It was just my nickname from that point on. You were a lot my... more creative than I was. At... Dude, my first character in D&D was a ranger and it was a horrible name. I'm, I'm, I've always been bad at picking names. I mean, I pick, look at my name here, Bombadil. It it's, it's from fucking fiction. It's not even a, an original name. I'm terrible at names. Yeah. yeah, I do remember what it was, and you're what not here. <laughs> Come on. Come on. We're sharing embarrassing not, things. No, I'm not going to tell anybody. But like, uh, you know, like you Game Tag, like XX, you know, you know <laughs> you Extreme get me drunk XX, at the next Dodge Dodge Shuttle McPornison. <laughs> yeah, right? XXX, 69. Not you know, going to tell. Or 20 yellow or something. Okay. Anyway, um, maybe you remember uh, from our last uh, podcast with uh, Loken, um, I asked him to do a quick... Um, you know, elevator pitch basically about who he is and uh, what he's about. Would you mind doing that for us? Like, just tell us, you know, whatever, how you got into streaming, who you are as a person, anything under two minutes, just give us the pitch on Baradul. Let's hear it. Yeah, sure. So I'm, um, I'm Baradul. Um, I love gaming and I love playing it casually. I also like putting things together. I'm an explorer type of guy and therefore MechWarrior Online is the perfect game for me because there are millions of millions of builds that I can try and challenge myself on the battlefield. I'm not too tryhard in my approach. I just want to see what works and what I could put together. And that's kind of the approach of my channel. So you will see a daily build for a certain mech with a certain loadout on my YouTube channel. And I also play Battletech where I basically do the same thing but from the commander's perspective and yeah, I just like you know, exploring and tinkering around with stuff and see uh, how I can push my boundaries and my limits. Now, Phil, you've you've done obviously a lot of uh, build videos on our channel and GNG TV, um, but uh, I'm, and I'm sure you've had the chance to check out some of Baradol's as well. Baradol, you do a ton of build videos. Um, what is your release schedule on that? I know uh, I've heard from a lot of people in the community that uh, super appreciate those. Myself, when I play new games, I, you know, I often look for the YouTubers that uh, have some insight on builds and so forth. Um, I feel like you've really filled that niche well. Yep. Um, you mm -hmm. provide a lot of those videos. Phil, do you have any uh, thoughts or comments on that too? Yeah, I mean, and it's funny enough, you know, recently I just kicked off another series of uh, mech reviews. And it's actually, you inspired me to do it. I used to do those all the time. Um, but then I started dedicating more time to just streaming because it does eat up a lot of time. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but he releases a mech uh, video every day and then a Battletech uh, playthrough video every day. And that Battletech playthrough is actually separate from his stream, well, of Battletech, right? And... What I've so, seen, what I've seen him do is grab a niche in the community and just roll with it. I mean, own it. Yeah, I mean, he's the biggest, uh, I would say, mech channel for MWO builds, um, hands down. Like there, there's nobody else that that does that. You're also consistent with videos every single day, and you know, with the community and just viewers, that's one thing is consistent. Can you come to a channel and are you getting quality content? Um, obviously, your format has changed the period of time. Everybody's does. You refine things. You like things. You don't like things. You take in and out. But the one thing that you have con consistency. It's been interesting to watch you on the outside. You've, like as you've progressed, uh, I won't say evolved, but I guess evolved uh, from 
doing this at the very beginning casually and still working on the side to doing this full time. And it's, it's been pretty cool watching it because no one else really has done that uh, out in the community. No one else has dove in as Well, there's certainly other build channels out there, but what I would say, what you touched on is consistency. And, and tell us a little bit about that, Bear Duel. I think your consistency is super... Um, uh, significant as far as your success that you've seen. Um, and that comes both with the streaming and the video channel. How did you come about the idea of, okay, I'm going to be doing these type of videos and how do you do that every single day? Multiple things every single day. Okay. Oh, that's two different questions. Let me answer the first one. And, um, I hope that you don't mind that I go a little bit deeper into that. No, um, please okay. do. Cool. So first of all, I'm not only a creator, but I'm also a consumer. So when I started, even before I started the channel, I was following some, some YouTube creators. Back then I was playing a lot of Dota. I don't know, Defenders of the Ancient, you may know that it's a MOBA. Yep. And there was one creator who consist consistently consistently did that. He actually published a video each and every day. And I was watching him. I, I, I thought that I that I had kind of connection with him. And I was observing my, my own con consumer behavior uh, upon his channel. Because he was he was just giving some some interesting side notes. He was talking about his life. And I just tuned in the next day because I wanted to know how the wisdom teeth extraction from uh, by his girlfriend went, you know? And that made me feel like, hey, I want to produce that kind of content. That is interesting. I feel a connection to that person, and uh, I want to create content that I would enjoy watching. So let's let's try to do that. Of course, there are all the YouTube gurus who say, "Hey, consistency is key if you wanna if you wanna be successful on the platform." And um, when I started my my whole YouTube career, if you wanna say it like that, um, I was actually doing it because I I wasn't a burnout. So I have a similar story than. Uh, well, then Loken, as Loken. Um, I was uh, a web developer before my, my YouTube thing. And um, out of curiosity, I wanted to know how the platform works. We were doing a lot of research and product development. And we were doing a lot of prototyping and building facades uh, just to check if um, customers would be interested in a product that not really exists yet. So some kind of fake videos or fake landing web pages were our thing back then. So I was diving into YouTube and I thought the best way to uh, to dive into that whole topic was just upload something yourself. Just try it, get hands on. And the first video I actually produced was just me playing an Orion ON1V with a brawling setup with an Excel engine, horrible build nowadays. <laughs> Wouldn't do that anymore. And um, then it kind of kicked because people were watching it and I was kind of hooked because I was diving into the analytics and I'm like, wait, people are actually watching this stuff? Interesting. Let's go one step further. Let's make some kind of, I don't know, tutorial, something um, that was, I think it was a cataphract afterwards. I was talking about brawling and when to pick your time and then and, and find the right moment when to engage. And then people start commenting on it. I was like, okay, cool. People are actually interested in that content and it kind of went down from there. And then I was reading a lot. I was watching other tutorials, um, how to improve as a YouTuber. And it kind of started from there. And then it, it got traction. And uh, from the build of the week back then, from the weekly video, and consistency is key there. So it doesn't really matter if you upload every day, as long as you have the consistent schedule. Like, it doesn't have to be every day. It's okay if it's each week or each month. Um, unless your people know when to tune in again. And um, at some point I was like, okay, let's step it up a bit. Let's do daily videos. And it kind of, you know, went down from there. So now, go ahead, Phil. I was going to say, so 
As far as, have you seen a connection of growth, I guess? Uh, have you seen any type of correlation between your YouTube channel and your Twitch channel? Has there any been like crossover? Because there is a lot of analytics. You can see where sometimes your traffic is so forth on, on both platforms. Yeah. Is, is that something that did you tune into that and be like, okay, yeah, that's interesting. Numbers are growing and YouTube channels are growing. Um, yeah, but I think I have to also uh, um, extend this topic a little bit because I was streaming on YouTube back then because I thought, hey, my, my core audience is on YouTube. I mean, I was coming from that side gotcha. and uh, I had a substantial amount of viewers already on my videos when I started the whole streaming thing. And I got to say, for me, it was a big deal because coming from that scripted, pre-recorded voiceover video from the build of the weeks over to... Oh my god, I'm gonna do it on the fly now. I hope my English is good enough. I hope that that my 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 voice is coming coming through correctly and then my, my language is on point. Um that is that was a big big step for me. Like then activating the camera and then going live because the live impression is just live. I mean you, you cannot you cannot just uh, take yeah. another take. Um yeah. and Okay, I have a question. Making, oh, go ahead. Keep going. Uh let, let me quickly answer that quickly yeah, yeah. and then um, but yeah, I was, I was on YouTube back then and um, started streaming and I was like, okay, my community really likes that. But YouTube wasn't a good platform back then, so I was taking a look at Twitch. Because back then Twitch uh, had the monetization model with the, with the bits and the subs. I was like, okay, I could extend that a little bit. And I think in general Twitch is, I think, still the better platform yeah. for video games. Yeah. And for that reason, I had, my, I had my, my core audience there. And whenever I'm posting a video, I say, hey, like, guys, I'm, I have a Twitch channel too. So... If you want to follow me here, get live content, then leave a follow and get the notifications when I'm online. So there is definitely a synergy and I'm getting follows and even subs on my, on my Twitch, uh, although I'm not streaming because yeah. of people coming from YouTube over to Twitch. And I think it is the better platform for being found. And, and that's actually something I wanted to ask you is like, uh, maybe there's someone out there listening. I, I know I've said this and I even Loken, I was hounding him and I've been hounding him about need to start a YouTube channel. Uh, it mm. doesn't have to be consistent every single day. You don't have to have all the answers or the whatever, but the correlation between um, someone finding your videos, like if you Google it, or if you go to YouTube and you type in MechMorry Online and it's Baradool's videos that are popping up, well, guess what? That means your Twitch channel is going to grow because someone is going to find your YouTube, or in this case, YouTube videos, which by the way, thank you for helping. Uh, analytics and metadata is hugely yeah. important, which I knew, but I didn't fully understand until recently. And um, that, com that comes from your web developer experience, doesn't it? Where you're yeah, a absolutely. search engine optimizer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, I'm a data nerd. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's so important though, because... Uh, yeah discoverability on twitch is well discoverability getting on the better in general right yes. like you, anybody yes. can put anything out there but you got to get people to eyeballs on what you're doing well, and but, so but on a yeah. platform like twitch where all you have is to the, to the now they have a recommended channels so now that's an improvement yeah. right but i mean how else is someone going to find you other than playing a game like mwo where there's not literally two thousand plus people just one in thousand absolutely yeah. Definitely a good marketing tool. I have a question as far as when you started, when you said, okay, I'm going to do this YouTube thing or even mm -hmm. Twitch. Yeah. Um, what made you decide to speak in English? 
why not like i've seen huge german channels um both youtube and twitch um was it was there a specific reason were you just thinking broader market um do you speak english on a daily basis as it is like what made you choose that route I was basically target audience and the size of it because we have a rather small community. I knew that from the beginning and I, I was doing my research. So I was watching other channels um, that were online back then. I think Critical Rocket was, was pretty big. You were big. Um, the Beef was still doing uh, YouTube back then. And I was like, okay, so the view numbers, if I really want to pursue this and turn it into a career, I have to be English. So if I cut my, my target audience in, into not even a third, because I only speak German, then um, it wouldn't be sustainable. Is that, is, are your, I mean, if I can ask, I mean, your, the viewers, the demographics, is it mainly North America or English, you know? I think it's about 50% North America, Canada and US combined, and then 20 to 30% Europe, uh, sorry, Germany, and Europe all around, and then rest of the world, yeah. So yeah. 20% Germany, then another 10% rest of Europe. We have a bunch of UK people, um, some Australians, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, just so everybody knows, uh, Bear Duel is in no way nervous about being on a podcast with us or anything like that. <laughs> it's like 100 degrees Fahrenheit where he's it at. Is he, he, does not have a, yeah, he does not have a fan or air conditioner going because he's on podcast. I'm under the roof. Yeah. So we appreciate you suffering for us. That is one reason why we're going to try and keep the podcast as quick as possible um, so that he doesn't die basically on cam. But uh, anyway, that's why. Uh, thank you. Um, so that's interesting. Um, you know, I was talking to you before we started the podcast. Germany is huge in terms of, I, I would say, just because I've played a lot of other games, um, you know, like uh, some of the tank games have always been, um, you know, uh, World of Tanks, War Thunder, but also for sure, huge presence with MechWarrior from all the way back um, until present day. Where do you think the, um, why, do, why do you think Germany is such a huge lover of the, the mech games and so forth? Or, or are they, is there any insight you have as far as that goes? I cannot really tell you. So. We were talking about that earlier, yeah, and um, I don't know, maybe it's really because of the, the Germans having a neck for armored vehicles and tanks. I mean, kind of have a history here, and there are still some military lovers out there who really like the technical aspect of it. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, war, war, let's not talk about that. It's always right. a, a very difficult matter. That's but, history. Uh, yeah. But um, still, I think the technical aspect about it and the whole like knack for engineering, German and, engineering, and building man, we things all know together. That. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's that. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I I like that too. So do you do absolutely. you do you lean? I'm assuming you lean more towards like the westernized mecha, like than yeah. you do like anime, like as yeah. far as like yeah. Japanese stuff. I have watched occasional uh, animes, but uh, I'm not really into it too much. Like practicality comes in. I don't. Yeah, I could definitely. It's uh, tell us. Uh, tell us a little bit about. You mentioned uh, you know streaming full time and and your kind of your whole process of getting into this. How did you make that transition from being a web developer um, to doing this full time? Was it a leap of faith? Were you nervous? Um, was your wife supportive? How has it changed your life now? Have you painted yourself into a corner with releasing the stuff every day? What what is it? What's been that process of becoming full time, and how did that go for you? 
it was a difficult process because I was coming out of a crisis. Um, I was in a severe burnout back then because um, the circumstances, the, the whole environment in my, in my former job was not great. I had a great job, uh, but the, the team lead was not the best and uh, I was basically banging my head against the wall every single day there. Oof. So that was, that was not great. But at the same time, they taught me so much and uh, I was already into this how does YouTube work thing. So when, when I was at, at the bottom, uh, I had to make a choice. So I, I got severely sick, I gotta say. So I was uh, sick at home for like six weeks or so. Uh, my doctor said, hey, you need to change something or you will, uh, you will have, you know, you will, your body will just collapse. And I'm like, okay, let's change something then. If it doesn't work, you gotta change it. And I was debating the options with my wife, which was either being unemployed for, for a while or finding another job in the same niche because I was an expert on my, uh, in my, in there. Um, or making the transition to becoming a full-time YouTube slash Twitch streamer. And as soon as we made that decision that this could be a path to pursue, um, it, it was so great because it relieved me so much. And all of a sudden, all of the creativity that I wanted to put into my former job was, was unleashed into the other direction. So I completely got it channeled into my, into my, uh, like my own thing. As I was saying earlier, we were in an R&D development team for uh, digital products, which means I knew how startups worked and um, I got the technical expertise. I was like, I have basically everything I need. Uh, also, maybe the, the skill to play the game uh, in order to, to push myself into it. And I did. And it actually paid off well for me. Yeah. But well, it was a, was a hard journey. I was going to say, it's interesting because yeah. you mentioned you had a similar experience with Logan. You yeah. Mentioned, how has that been for you? Like, and for those that may be wondering, I'm talking about, you, you were, Logan mentioned, you know, depression, uh, anxiety issues, social anxiety, not liking being on camera, not talking to people. How has yeah. created content literally live too now? How is that? You feel like you're in a better place now, or are you still or are there still butterflies there? Well, did you have any social anxieties when you went into this? Have you dealt with any um, any of those aspects as far as being a streamer? I, I deal obviously with a lot of streamers, a lot of content creators, and I find I would say seventy five percent or more, you know, have some kind of social anxiety, and 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 that Twitch has been an outlet for them to be social but not have to be in the presence of people. Do you have any of that going on or has this just been a natural fit? You're a performer, you're an entertainer and you've just loved every moment. What's it been for you? Uh, it's actually, as I described in the first place, it, the, the anxiety is, is big in this person. Absolutely, yeah. So the thing is, my, my friends, the people that I trust, I, I, I have a lot of fun with them, but talking to strangers is a big thing for me. So I can actually, or I, yeah, I don't know how to say that. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm in self-therapy basically here, putting myself every time, every single day in front of the camera saying, hey guys, uh, I'm here. And the cool thing about this whole story is that the community is extremely uh, welcoming welcoming, and very warm and very, um, yeah. Very You're facing your nice. fears, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, but I, I took the leap, but I landed very softly. We have very yeah. few trolls here. Uh, all the comments, or let's say 98% of the comments on YouTube are extremely positive. Um, that in, in, on Twitch is great. And uh, I think that has a lot to do with the rather mature population of this game here. Well, and I think it's, it has to do with you. Uh, I was just going to actually bring that up. And sorry, Phil, if you had something to say. Um, no, that's the, just what I was going to go down. 
Yeah, and it's something, you know, Phil and I have had this philosophy for a long time. In in real life, we're pretty positive people. That's kind of the way we are. We we yeah. like to think positively about life in general and and people and and um that's just kind of who we are and that's been reflected I think in what we've done over the last 9 years. Um and that's something we've appreciated about you a lot is that you're a very positive type person. You're trying to help. You're not out there which is contrast greatly to what I would, you know, the rage culture out there or whatever on the internet in general. And I'm wondering, do you feel like, and I do, that your, your approach and the way that you are, your attitude, your positivity has reflected on, in other words, who hangs out in your chats or checks out your videos? Mm -hmm. I think it does. I think it's because of you that you've created your community. And I think that's awesome. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. Yeah, I heard that, that saying before that the streamer shapes their own community. So sure. absolutely. I, I agree 100% of that. If you're being negative, you attract ne negative people. If you're being positive, uh, you attract positive people. And that goes back to the sentence that I said earlier. I want to cre create the content that I like to watch. So I'm creating the content I like to watch. I'm a genuinely positive guy, although I have issues, as I was saying, and, we all, do. and, yeah. and all of that, right? But um, I want to I wanna give something back to the world. And I strongly believe that the, we as a streamer, or, or YouTube content creators or whatever we are doing, uh, as soon as you create something, you, you impact out there. And I wanna make that impact as good as possible. So I wanna, I wanna invite people, I wanna inspire people to just enjoy their lives, enjoy video games. My, my stream is always a safe space um, because I, I can refer to, to a topic. There was once a situation when somebody was coming in chat and, and they were like, oh my God, there is shooting in the YouTube headquarters. And of course, that is that is a crazy message, but it's not a message from my stream because this stream is for entertainment. We are here to 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 leave all those worries outside for a moment. Those 15, 20, 30 minutes, those two, three hours, they're here for you. And I want to create that space that people can just hang out and have a good time and completely ignore the stuff that is uh, in the world for a while. Yeah, and and I was actually going to go down the the positivity route. I mean how important it is as also just being a creator, I guess, like me and uh, a, I guess a mental sort of state of like, I, I, I don't like surrounding myself. Like everyone's had it where you're around someone that just, you know, bitches all the time. It's, you know, it's always someone else's fault and stuff, man, that can just bring you down. And um, I've seen that with a lot of streamers and YouTube channels. And that's one thing that I, I've, I've loved about your channel and your, your content is the positivity and I don't care about the meta per se. I don't care what other people think. I'm just going to do what I think is fun and enjoyable. It shows because like post up a video and people watch it and not just a few people, thousands of people are watching it. And that's one thing I'll say is I think the positivity aspect, it's so infectious as well. And it's so important having people like yourself, and other content creators that sort of take that stance and guess what you're still here and you know um i think that just speaks volumes to being yourself but then also your passion as you said you you left you left your job you 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 enjoyed the creative side of it but obviously the conditions were not conducive to your mental health and getting out of that li literally helped you phys your physical health as well and you're able to take that imagination and that positivity, put it towards something. That's something I've noticed uh, on your videos. Um, yeah, you can definitely have negative people come. Yeah, man, I've I've had to deal with that, and sometimes I get in trouble 
in discussions because I want to engage sometimes in those and sometimes they can it took us a long time to learn that yeah. engaging that really has no positive outcome. Um, well, to an I, extent, like if someone wants a discussion. Yeah, no, I'm saying, right. yeah, just I'm saying just somebody who's a yeah. general just trying to troll or be negative. Yeah, yeah. I do want to bring up because obviously Phil and I are both big fans of the way that you um, present yourself and your positivity towards the community and, and the overall effect that that has on I agree. An amazing community. MWO community, Battletech community is great. And I do think some of that has to do with the age, but it just also whatever. It's a, it's a great community. Um, and we appreciate what you're doing. I do want to, I don't usually push um, other people's Patreons for no specific reason, just because we don't, but I want to push yours because um, here we have somebody who is out there for, you know, all of you guys that are watching this right now, you're obviously fans of the Battletech MechWarrior community. Here's somebody that's doing good for our community, who's growing our community, who's bringing positive uh, people and positivity into our community. I think it's totally worth supporting. So I'm going to link it. I'm going to link it here in uh, Twitch chat. I'm going to link it on the uh, uh, podcast when it goes up. But uh, for sure, we recommend supporting this guy. Um, you know, it's he, he, consistently since the beginning. He's the same kind of person. It's really who he is and totally worth uh, supporting. So while I do that, Phil, why don't you uh, pull us into the next uh, question? Well, and I think that's something is that sometime is awfully never talked about as far as being a streamer and content creator is at the end of the day, you're having to make sure you can pay your bills and, and for you, you have a child now you're married, you have yeah. a house, you know, like and stuff. And I feel like sometimes, uh, people are afraid to talk about that, but that's why anytime I talk about, Hey, you enjoy someone's content, subscribe to their channel or go to the Patreon. I understand why some people don't subs and some people don't bits or whatever because they're ah fuck amazon but on the flip <laughs> side how important it is and really what i guess the question is for you if someone's listening and they're wanting to grow their channel wanting to move maybe towards that doing is there any strategies you've learned as far as viewer engagement not only on twitch but maybe on youtube is there anything that you've picked up and that you could give them a, a tip or two of saying you like hey you know, obviously, you know, the catch-all is always like, just be yourself, or, but. Depends on what yourself is like. <laughs> right. Like, although I don't know, man, there's people that are big YouTube stars that are assholes. So yeah. Uh, but yeah. as far as, is there anything that you've learned that you could give knowledge as far as that's helped you grow? And that could be financial, of course, uh, that you've, is there any correlation that you found? Lay your I, wisdom I, on I us. I think I could, I could fill five hours with that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> What's your number okay. one thing? Number one thing. Um, oh, wow. Okay, we talked about it earlier, but I think consistency is key. It is absolute key. So let you know, your yeah. audience, when you go live or when you upload a video and inform them about it, and they will come back. I think this is how you grow from the very beginning. Also, um, God, there's so much to talk about. I mean, as a technical standpoint, everything about metadata, everything about uh, on the YouTube side. Quality, um, technology. Quality. Ah, here's the thing. Um, speaking about technology and quality, I think production quality is a thing that you can neglect early on. I think what you need is is uh, valuable content and unique content. I see a, I see a bunch of people just uploading their, their Twitch uh, VODs, as in the full three, four, five hours to YouTube. Nobody would watch that. No. People are on YouTube Highlights because people. They, want concise, they want concise content because they are looking for something specific, usually. Yeah. Uh, as in, 
on Twitch, you just tune in because you just have a bunch of time and you're just browsing through as on uh, TV. And I think if you want to grow on YouTube, you've got to be concise and you've got to be on point and you've got to deliver your content within, the, I would say, five to ten minutes. Um, I think gaming is a little bit of a different niche, though. Yeah, just thinking about it. I mean, my, my Rock Tech videos obviously go up to an hour, but... Um, Speaking but, of Mac Warrior Online, when when you wanna you know you wanna display a build or so, don't just just ramble about. Just just get into the game. Just talk about the build. Get into the game. Yeah. Sorry. I was gonna say uh, your the BattleTech videos, even though they're longer, you have yeah. an audience that wants that though, right? And you have yeah. people that watch the entire hour, whereas some people yeah. only probably skip forward, watch the combat, or hey, let me check out that build. Same thing. I I remember. I remember I. When I started posting the entire VODs, we had, I had multiple people contact me and said, look, um, and it was before, I don't know the reason why. They said, I hate watching it on Twitch, the VODs afterwards. I don't know if I had to do with buffering or whatever. And they said, could you put it on YouTube? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I guess, you know, I mean, it doesn't take me a whole lot of time and sure, I'll, I'll do sure. that. And we actually had people watching them like, and then I think really at the end of the day, um depends on what your viewers want you mentioned uh video length um again I, I feel like some people if you're out there listening and you want to get into this you need to look at how youtube operates from the metadata as far as tags to title names to descriptions to um how long a video should be um I've seen a shift too. Some people use intro and outro videos. Some people don't. We used to. I don't anymore. Um, you just get straight into the content again, uh, using you as a reference. How important it is to copy what you what you yourself like. I think yeah. that and trying to reinvent the wheel. It's not like you're going to come up with a, something no. new or unique. At least I won't. I'm not that smart. But if, like, why do you like that said YouTuber or Twitch channel? and then adopt something and make it your own. Let, let me go back and follow up on that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I said uh, something earlier about um, learning about startup in, in my old business. Um, a, a principle that I really, really like is the, the lean startup. Um, I don't know if that rings any bells. The what? No? Not, not a huge lean, lean investment. startup. Okay, so oh. in, in, instead of, instead of um, just sitting down for three years and, and producing the perfect product um, and then coming out and everybody is ahead of the market already and nobody of your customers uh, wants your product anymore, you just start right now. Jump in. This is, what, this is literally what I did. I just uploaded mm -hmm. a video and I would say we are living in times where it has never been easier to create content online. So just take OBS, it's free, it's, it's downloadable, just record something. Put it out on YouTube and see the reactions of the people and grow from there. I would say I think that Phil would be my number one, yeah. my number one approach to to it right now. Darren, Nike, going, Nike, Darren, just do it. Darren is like, I I hate you right now, Verdol, because that's no, well, that's no, I, agree. And I I yeah, I think there's a time and place exactly what, because I'm very much like that. If like if if I have an <laughs> idea, I'm very much a just dive in and we'll figure out the details as we go along and. Yeah. Whereas on the flip side, I think depending on your project or what you're doing, you could potentially do what me and, uh, or Darren likes is taking your time, planning out something and then releasing or combination of those two. And mm -hmm. it's sort of like our evolution of our podcast. Like, God, you ever anyway. listen to those original <laughs> ones? Like we, but no. we were, we were figuring out what, you know, what we were doing and, and the, yeah. as that process gets 
uh, you get more and more comfortable directing conversation, understanding. I, I don't know. It's just one of those where like, yes, I'm all for just start. You don't have to have the latest camera. You don't need the best mic. Yeah, obviously. But also you need to understand how OBS works, right? You need to understand what bit rate is, coding yeah. and stuff like that. I, and there's thousands of videos like. I'm not denying that you need to put some thought process into it, but that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, you don't need expensive gear. You don't have to invest. You don't have to think too much about it. At some point, you just need to make the first step and then grow from there and then adjust while you're we can going be our own. It. We can be our own worst enemies and we can talk ourselves out of making any movement because, oh, I'm not ready. Yeah. It's not perfect yeah. or whatever. And then you never do it and, you know, you never know. I want to go back to your family, though, unless... Yeah, go, sure. go ahead. Um, did you have did you have a final? No, it was just um, I just wanted to say the the process might refine while or as, as you grow, but especially when you just start out, don't hesitate too much. Absolutely, do it and then fine tune after you've started. And it, it, as long as you're paying attention to all the stuff that matters afterwards, you can you can improve what you're doing. But um, I want to go back to your family. Um, how was it for your wife when you made that transition into going full time? How is it now? Is she what does she think about what you've done? What does she think about you, you know, getting uh, out to Metcon and, and, and having that all paid for? And like, what has this been like for her seeing this, uh, your your progression? Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, my, my wife is amazing, obviously. Anything else right now? Um, <laughs> No, seriously, uh, she was supporting yeah. me like crazy. I mean, obviously, she wants uh, she wants me to be uh, in a very good mental health state. Sure. So, um, yeah, she cares about me. But when we again, we made this decision together to take the leap and uh, go full time on YouTube and and Twitch. And she was like, everything you need, I I'm going to support you. So I was actually putting a lot of time into this whole thing very early on. And that meant like 60 hours a week plus. And she was covering everything from the household to taking care of the child. And there were actually weeks where I wasn't, uh, where I wasn't seeing my child only like a few hours a week because I started very early. He was in the kindergarten. My wife is also full time employed. So uh, she was picking him up. Uh, they were coming home. We had dinner together and I was just going into the stream or into recording again. Those days were hard. But we told each other that that would be the startup phase. And guys out there, it doesn't have to be like that. I was just pushing myself and I was highly inefficient back then because back then I was still kind of, you know, insecure how to do it, what the community wants, what I want to produce. And at some point, my, I don't know, maybe my, my German engineering skills kicked in and I was like, okay, this is not working. We need to optimize. So I was sitting down and tried to, to produce templates for my, for my, um, you know, thumbnails for my video editing software. I was trying to automate as much as possible so that I can get back my time and to spend more time with the family. And that has changed uh, to an extent where I actually have something like a 40 hour week now, which is the regular regular employment rate here. And yeah, we are we're fine again. Very but good, the, man. The early the early I would say one and a half year, I was going over my limits a lot. Yeah. No, that's good. And have you thought about, uh, you know, I have a, I have three children, but I have one that's specifically younger. Um, and she's just, she's old enough to where she went to Metcon last year and she mm -hmm. sees what her dad's doing. 
Um, do you ever think about telling your child what you do as a YouTuber when they when they're old enough to understand? Do you think you're going to still be doing it then? I, I'm assuming you will be. And just yeah. like, what has it been like being a uh, Twitch streamer, YouTuber um, with the people in your life? And, and do you think about that as far as telling your daughter? Or I'm sorry, your child. I don't even know. Like my son. Name. Yeah. Your son. Seen, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know yet. So he knows that I'm working in front of the computer and I'm recording stuff. He's a four and a half year old now. And wow. yeah, I don't know. I've thought about that a bunch of times and um, I came to the conclusion that I really hope that I'm not an idol for him because yeah. I want him to learn something and, and have a proper job or have at least a proper education before he decides wants to do what to do with his life. Totally, dude. I don't know. I, I have the it's same just, situation going on because I have two older kids. One's uh, 28, one's 26. Um, thankfully, because I think they saw that for most of my life, I was working from home. I was doing podcasts. We started NGNG like 10 years ago. Um, so a, they saw a lot of that. And I was always concerned with that, too, is that they would see it as like a, a lazy way to do things or an easy way out or not but having it's to go not to school. Easy. That, that's no, the it's point. not. It's, it's misconception, though. Think about how many people get into Twitch streaming and that's... YouTube because they think it's going to be an easy job, right? Yeah. When it's absolutely the opposite because of the amount of people that are doing it, it's, it's totally inundated with people. And so it's totally the opposite. But I think a lot of people get into it because of those reasons. And it's just perception. Um, yeah. It's not reality. And I, my daughter is the same way. I'm, I'm, you know, my youngest. I'm really making sure that she understands the importance of education and, and that there's all kinds of opportunities out there. And that, you know, I, I basically am trying to steer her away from this, you know. Um, not if, if it, if it happens and it, it happens, whatever, I'll be supportive, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's not an easy job in any way. Absolutely not. You have to make so many sacrifices mm -hmm. uh, for me. It's mostly time. I got to say, because yeah. uh, I'm streaming usually in my evening, uh, I'm starting at 7 PM my time stream until the night. And, uh, that is mostly so that I can, you know, reach the North, North American people, uh, because obviously it's a big target audience. I want to serve those people and uh, I want to deliver content to them. That means. I think at the moment, three of my evenings are reserved for streaming that I'm not spending with my family or friends. People don't see that. They see the facade of, hey, he's just playing video games. Yeah. I, I won't dive into this whole tax thing because being self-employed brings all of the beauty of tax uh, with it. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a lot of stress because I, as much as I love being in front of the camera, there's also some kind of pressure because, you know, there are people out there. They are expecting you to deliver. And I don't want to disappoint those people. Like from an inner standpoint and obviously from a business perspective, right? Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, being an entrepreneur in that aspect, you're taking all the reward, but all the risk. Mm. Yeah. Well, and, you know, talking about financial stress as well. I, I remember specifically when you were saying you were going full time. And I thought that was really cool because, again, in our community, um, We'd only, we had a few people that were, I think were close, um, but for whatever life or whatever, you know, just steered away from it. Um, but Actually, it's pretty insane that you were able to go full time basically based well, on this franchise. It's a, it's a, I'm not, I mean, as far as like a, a niche, like you, I've said this time and again, if you see something like if something is in a game or like, hey, there's tutorial, there's, you know, I wish we had better tutorial videos. To me, whenever I hear that, to me, I think of an opportunity. I don't, and that's how I take stuff like that. So I'm, maybe there's some out there that that's how you, you dove on is like, hey, there's really no one else. 
doing build videos that are helping people or because you have build videos that are fun some are meta sure but some aren't and you're you you saw a niche whether you realized it or not and you capitalized on it and you're still capitalizing you're still growing it to me that that just sort of speaks to someone that knows how to look out at the landscape and sees what's going on i mean it's a smart move on your part so i mean again very strategic very intelligent Mm -hmm. choice I don't know if you did you did, He's got you, did you notice let, that? Yeah. Yeah, let, let me follow up on that. That's actually an interesting point here. See, I actually actually dropped into the MacWarrior online community by accident, honestly. It was just two 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 events that happened at the same time. First, my friends getting me into MacWarrior online, secondly, my burnout in the old web development uh company. That was coincidence, I would say. It was a lucky one, a good one, so otherwise I wouldn't be here now. But it could have been, I don't know, what was uh, interesting back then. I don't know, Diablo? Diablo 3, maybe? I don't know. Um, if I played that more, I would have uploaded a Diablo video, and I would have yeah. been in a completely different um, different community. But I uploaded MacWarrior Online, and I I realized, hey, wait, there's, there's traction. There's something going on. Let's dive deeper into it. And that is what I realized. I, I saw the opportunity, yes, but I didn't do it for, um, you know, taking a look at the old overall gaming landscape and saying, oh, there's a niche, and now I'm going to dive into it because there's huge money in it. That wasn't my intention at all. Gotcha. So, um, and that's, I think, the takeaway for everybody out there. Don't do it for the money, nor the fame. Do it because of your passion. Because I think, yeah, there are some exceptions. There are Shroud and Ninja and all of the people who actually made a fortune with gaming. But they are exceptional characters with exceptional skill. So in order to get there, you have to be either super lucky, super good, super entertaining. Or, I don't know. I don't know what else. So I think think a lot of money can make up for being miserable and playing games you hate. But yeah. I don't. But I don't think that that's always true. And also, um, if you're doing something just for money and not making any money, there's almost no worse situation than that. But yeah, even if you're making you a lot no of money, no, no reward at all. No, no, uh, nothing. No return. And even even if you're getting paid good, decently, or whatever, but doing something you hate. I mean, you know, I've I've worked for myself since I was 18 years old. Um, that can be torture, you know. Money isn't everything. Uh, easy to say when you have a job and you have money, and and, and somebody who doesn't would be like, "Fuck you." But it's true. It's simply not. You, you you can't be miserable in life. But hey, at least I'm paying my bills. Um, now a lot of people in the world are in that situation, and and we're super fortunate that we're not. But um, yeah, I would absolutely agree. And I think it's that passion that you have that is absolutely part of your success. Um, you can see when people are, you know, quote unquote, faking it or whatever and, and not really happy. But uh, well, I would say yeah. passion, but also he's putting in the work effort that goes along with that passion. Absolutely. You know, like he's 100 percent right. I mean, you can take some of these big Twitch streamers. I, luck, I think, plays some role in some, I think. But for the most part, you look at. They're just putting in the work, you know, some of them, of course, have like esports background or whatever and they get elevated because in, in yeah. the, if you were to take but even that was a lot of work to become yeah, an esports yeah, professional exactly. that's a so, lot of fucking work but if you take what Beardle's doing he could then 
apply you're going to apply it to mech 5 i'm assuming you're going to apply it you know to more battletech content i mean so like all of what you've done foundation of all of that can be applied now to anything and and i think you would find success because of your success you already have on the channel i think that would transcend any game that you so do I. I. I think you just did do things right. You did things right. Um, it's a combination of, uh, you know, you looking into it, investigating what you want to do, um, being uh, that type of person anyway, who's going to put a lot of uh, vetting into anything you're doing. But also it's your passion. It's your personality. I think it, you just, you're a combination of a lot of things that were done right. Um, video games. We haven't really talked much about just video games in general. Um and, and we're not going to keep you super long because I know you are melting and dying. Um, <laughs> but uh, w as far as video games go, now we know that how you kind of happened upon MWO and we're super lucky that you found us. Thank you uh, to your friends specifically, whoever they are. Thank, Thank you, guys. You we, we appreciate it, guys. <laughs> um, what was your experience with video games before that? What was can you remember like the first video game you got addicted to? Did you think you would have a career in video games or did you know they were always going to be a part of your life? What's your history uh -huh. with video games? Actually, it's it's a nice, nice little nice little thing that I want to bring up here. Um, I actually called my mom at some point, and I'm like, "Hey, mom, you know, back then when you couldn't uh, drag me away from the console, <laughs> now it pays off." Uh, really, I, I did that. I've done and, that. Oh my yeah, this is so so cool. It's it's really great. Now, um, yeah, I always wanted to be one of those um, magazine or console gaming magazine journalists back then. I wanted to be a game tester when I was young. When I was like ten years old. My uncle came over with a Sega Master System, and and my parents were playing it because that was uh, we were playing Golden Axe and uh, all of the good stuff. And we children were not allowed, my brother and I, to to watch because uh, it was too violent. And what we did is we we peeked through the key uh, peeked through the keyhole, and then our parents noticed and they were like, okay, come on, sit down. And, and that was that moment was where my fascination for video games started. And uh, at some some Christmas, um, my uncle actually uh, gifted the uh, the Sega Master System to me. Pretty cool. I had the Genesis afterwards or Mega Drive, and uh, I was playing all the the Sega games uh, from Sonic over Gauntlet. Um, and here's a fun fact: on the Master System, there was one game uh, called Ultima Four. It was a role-playing game that was actually in English, and as a, as a little boy, I, I couldn't speak a single word of English. We learned it in school, I think at fourth grade, um, but I just couldn't. So I was buying myself a dictionary and I was literally translating every single word to get some context of what the game wants to tell me. And this is this is how it went down from there. So my, my English basically comes from video games, movies and books. That is uh, a better a better reason to learn than just being pushed in school. It's so good. I, now, I've noticed your English improving over the last few years. Have you felt that? like? Yeah, definitely. It's practice. Uh, yep. Especially as soon as I started streaming, people were... Uh, I was in, in interaction with people, so I would get answers and I could learn from them. Yeah. That's the coolest. Abs absolutely. I was going to um, say, the incentive for a kid to learn another language because yeah. of gaming, that's like the perfect thing, too. Because yeah. you're, you're totally going to be engrossed in gaming, and of course you're going to pick it up. Wow, that's, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. But afterwards, I was I was always into kind of role-playing games, I gotta say. So Baldur's Gate was the first game I purchased myself, the original one, the first one. And ever since then, I, I was into it. I played uh, a bunch of other games. Um, Diablo was great. But I usually liked the, the party-based games because there again, I could build. 
I could figure out what I want to do with my single characters, outfit them, uh, put certain weapons on them, decide which spell to use and stuff. So that's that's kind of my thing. I like tinkering around with do combinations you, of things. Yeah. Do you like Path of Exile? I haven't played it. Wow. Oh, I wanted so to pick it up. Yeah, I wanted to actually stream it. But then I figured I have a schedule right now that includes two videos a day and a stream. Where would I put this? The people want to see MechWarrior Online and Battletech on stream. I cannot just put like 80 hours of Pathfinder in between. I have what, no what room happens, for it right now. What happens when Mech 5 comes out? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Obviously, we're gonna make a YouTube series out of yeah. this, and I'm looking very much forward to playing uh, Mech Warrior Five with the viewers together. So, Mech Warrior Five co-op is gonna be a thing. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. We're gonna kill so many of you guys out there. That's what's. We're just gonna throw them. Yeah, we can send them in. I'll be fine. All right. Uh, speaking of BattleTech, um, hmm? Urban Warfare. Uh, they just had a post, by the way. If, if you're reading this, uh, or is like the art department how they're doing stuff um are you enjoying it are you are you finding the what ECM are your thoughts is, on urban is warfare? ecm as op as everybody says it is yeah yeah it is sadly and it kind of breaks the game for me i gotta say it's too yeah. easy to manage ecm and and not get shot at all so it kind of takes like the whole balance out of the game sadly i wonder how it is in pvp never played skirmish i gotta say never played Did, against other people didn't rogue tech also have an update just like um, Recently? I think Rogue Tech is still down. Oh, they are still oh, down it? as far yeah. as I know. Because I'm, I'm, I'm craving for it. I'm waiting for it so it broke yeah, I think every, a lot of people are. Yeah, it broke everything. Of or course. At least, uh, so, um, It'll you know, be interesting like, to see what happens when they get back up. I, I really, you know, I don't, because I don't know, I can't read the future, but I, I really wish, and I know they don't lock things poorly, but I really wish HPS would have, like, from the beginning, had the mod scene right there yeah. like as far as the the pipeline um i think yeah i still feel I like think that, that is yep that is a smart move from from pgi with macquarie 5 just having that sorted out from the beginning yeah because they're having a the reverse so much so much more longevity yeah they, they reverse engineer everything and it, and you can imagine yeah. if they'd have just I felt like it was a mistake or maybe they didn't realize like how big it, it would have been but um maybe in the future they can i, I don't know um but uh you know what I, I think would be really cool is uh, a future DLC where it's the clan invasion and you play from the I don't think that's You're the happen. invaders? Yeah, because we've never had that. We've never had to where... We've never been the invaders. We've always been the defenders. Always, it's always it's boring. Come on, we know the story. I mean, come on. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, See, I, 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 I would can't have remember a, hard time doing a that. statement from Mitch uh, and he said something like, no, the clan story has been told multiple times. We want to tell another story different one um mm. i don't think that clans are ever going to happen from hbs side you don't think Hello. they'll you don't think they'll introduce them or just like a uh, like a campaign as as he says in all in success all things are possible oh, man. So who I, knows? Uh, <laughs> I think you know why i think it'll happen huh? money why well money, we'll see money it is money. paradox how many clanners are out there that are playing rogue tech they're like yeah we have to play rogue tech because you ain't giving us shit for clan mechs i guarantee we'll see might be might be I'm, i mean there, there's hope I do want to wrap this up because I'm feeling the burn of your sweat in your eyes right now. <laughs> I'm feeling it. Um, so I know, I know you're suffering. Um, I do want to just wrap this up. We've been going for almost an hour now. Um, but uh, real quick, um, do you have a guilty pleasure game that you play on the side? I mean, you can't be, as a gamer, you can't be just playing MWO and Battletech all the time. Do you have anything that you just every once in a while log into? I actually... There's a, there's a hmm, 
mobile games? <laughs> no, no, no. I See, the thing is, since I'm not leaving the house anymore, as we yeah. stated before, because yeah. I, I'm streaming and recording all day, I don't need a phone anymore. So actually, my phone is, is, is without power all the time. Nice. Uh, but coming back to your question, I occasionally, very, very rarely play Slate Aspire. Okay. That's a good game, yeah. by the way. I really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. I love like roguelikes. Uh, and again, it, it all comes uh, down to figuring out combinations of things that work or that mm -hmm. might work, even if they are kind of uh, oh, wacky. That's awesome. And then yeah. we asked this uh, this question of uh, Logan, and I kind of liked where it went. Obviously, he was, you know, he has interest in game design, um, and I noticed you commented uh, when I asked him this question. But if you could now, with all your experience of playing games and being a YouTuber, Twitch streamer, and and somewhat involved in the industry, you know, from a certain perspective, if you could design any game that would be, you know, Bertel's favorite game, what would you design? What would I design? Wow, did you really ask him that question? Because yeah, I would You commented on it. You're all, that's a good question. Maybe you were really? referring to one. Yeah, maybe before. I was. Uh, it doesn't matter. Which game would I design? Yeah. Uh, as I was saying, um, something that has variables, a lot of it. Um, it's probably going to be a strat strategy game where you have to where you have to advance through like a randomized path, whatever that means. And uh, you have multiple characters that you can outfit. And um, they get stronger until you reach the end boss, and uh, then then you. It's basically a combination of MechWarrior Online and Slate Spy, honestly. Nice. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's the only two games apart from BattleTech yeah. that I'm playing right now. Yeah. Dude, a card game, a BattleTech card game like that would be pretty awesome. But you had to have multiple characters. That's important. Yeah. That, that would be pretty. That, cool. that is important with, with equipment and everything. Maybe maybe something like. I don't know. Uh, something like like the the tactics view from like Jagged Alliance and uh, Alliance or BattleTech or whatever, but with consecutive branching um, paths like FTL or FTL. yet again Slate Aspire something. Phil, like when people say tactics, do you still flinch? <laughs> <laughs> I do, man. Still after I've tried nine to, years, <laughs> I've tried to bury it. Oh my god, I can't. You guys, it's still there. You said tactics. I was like, I know, I know what you mean. MechWarrior yeah. Tactics. Just Google YouTube that <laughs> shit. Um, oh boy, those were the days. I gave them so much leeway too. I was like, you know, it's not about the aesthetics. Let's get over <laughs> ourselves. Let's. I'm better than that. I'm an adult. I can handle that they, they murdered everything. And yeah. then they, it's like, I feel like that game would have been successful if they wouldn't have been tried. Well, that's also why I'm glad. HPS and PGR working together as far as a, a, a core design. This is what mechs generally look like. Um, and then, of course, uh, Catalyst Game Labs uh, as well. Everything sort of is a nice transition because that game, it, it just... Yeah. It's, Wait, but oh. hey, uh, we don't want to keep him here to no, talk about tactics. Um, it, people are noticing that we are torturing him and he is suffering for us. Um, it's all good, for, guys. And for his love for you guys, the community... Um, we super appreciate you being here, Baradul, and everything that you've done for the community over the years. Uh, super happy that you are full time, and uh, you know, just wish you nothing but success. We'll drop your um, your uh, support link in there again. Um, anything you would like to say to our audience before we go? Not really. I think I hope that I can stick around for longer. I hope that um, we're gonna have some some more years of MechWarrior and, and BattleTech and uh, every other Mech-related game. MechWarrior Five, Modders, maybe multiplayer, maybe. Who knows? We will see about that. But yeah, apart from that, thank you for having me. 
Well, thank you Absolutely, for man. being on the podcast. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's awesome. Like I said, watching you grow over the years and uh, leading the way. So thank you again for being on the podcast. It means the world. And I guess we'll see tomorrow streaming. Uh, uh, in the yeah, future. Go, be, go be with your family and we'll see you in the morning, right? All right. Um, but this podcast is supported by you, the viewers out there. Please consider supporting us a variety of ways. You can sub to the Twitch channel, which, by the way, we've had a few of those. Thank you, guys. I'll drop in some bits as well. Uh, you can become uh, one of our patrons as well. Uh, we've got a store link, uh, our store, and we've got some guys you can check out, all that fun stuff. And, of course, if you are going to shop on Amazon, we've got an affiliate link. If you'd like to use it to help back to us, it would be appreciated. That is right. So thank you all for being here. We will see you next week. We don't know who the special guest is going to be, but we will announce as soon as we uh, find it out. It won't be next week because it's a holiday next week. Wednesday is a holiday? Well, I mean, it's 4th of July, man. Wednesday is? It's the 3rd. I'm not oh, going to be here. I, I don't see. know where you're, you're going to be, be drinking. I'm going to be celebrating America. That's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> all right. Well, then uh, whenever, whenever we're going to have our next podcast, we'll let you guys know. And we will be bringing another uh, content creator um had some actually you know i'm enjoying this way more than i thought i was uh as far as doing these profiles on people um maybe it's because of the two guests that we've had so far and that that may change we'll see but anyway having a great time be sure to check out our website at nogutsnogalaxy.net check us out on twitch at ngngtv you can check us out on youtube at nogutsnogalaxy tv twitter at nogutsnogalaxy facebook at nogutsnogalaxy podcast soundcloud at nogutsnogalaxy and for all the latest and greatest in mech porn t-shirts and mugs be sure to check us out at nogutsnogalaxy store Dot com and yes i am still super jealous of people like loken and baradul that just have baradul um one of these days anyway this was your local no guts no galaxy mechware podcast signing off for tonight this is phil and this is darren until next time mech warriors you're totally oh my god i can't see you're, you're, you're I can't fired see you. you're fired i don't even know <laughs> who are you it'd be best if you avoid me but I know you probably can't You sense something is wrong with me You can feel it on my skin But there is more with Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever